What is up? It's episode two of Iowa Drinks. We are broadcasting today from the, uh, the speak the not so secret speakeasy. I just got to make sure I'm saying it exactly right. Ken's not, not so, so secret speakeasy. And real quick for everybody, because I think there's a story behind this. Who's Ken? Uh, Ken is uh, Kenneth Sondelighter. I read the book uh, Gentleman Bootlegger about primarily about Joel Earlbeck and the starting of Templeton, the the idea of Templeton uh, Rye and the illicit uh, booze making in the t- in the Carroll County area. Uh, written by a guy named Matt Bauer. Really good. If uh, you can pick it up, it's a good read. Okay. Um, and uh, you can see it on Whiskey Cookers, uh, which is a documentary of that. But Kenneth Sondelighter was the primary purchaser, uh, the main bootlegger uh, sales guy here in Des Moines, Iowa. He had a thing he called the treasure chest. He had a little business card he gave out that had everything he had available at the time. And he later was pardoned by Roosevelt. He had been put in jail uh, during prohibition. He got, he got in trouble, but he was the biggest, biggest uh, bootlegger in, in the, well, I'd say Metro, but at the time Des Moines, Iowa. Mm -hmm. So I love this place. I think it's really fun. It's a really good place to sit here and do what we're about to do, which is introduce you all to um, uh, a new guy, new guy on the scene. No, that, uh, two, years. two years. Two years. Okay. He, looks, he seems new. He's yeah, 26. He, well, how right? old are you? 26. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, you, you, you out of college? Yeah, I'm just kidding. You, <laughs> yeah, Gene Nassif. Yeah. Nice to meet you, man. He's uh, freshly married. Freshly wow. 26. 26. I've been an attorney for now two years. Good two for years. you. And he's been in the whiskey business for two years, and that's what we're here to talk about. Exactly. How did it all start for you? Like, tell tell us r- real quick just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So yeah, born and raised in Cedar Rapids. Uh, went to school in Iowa, Decorah, Iowa. Then went down to Drake, where I went to law school, and then kind of put, planted my roots down here. Um, the story with whiskey is I was in uh, a couple of the local Iowa whiskey groups. Um, you know, got connected with uh, John Baker of Cat's Eye Distillery. Uh, late 2018, we kind of, I had the crazy idea, Hey, let's start our own, you know, brand. Let's source some whiskey and see what happens. Uh, John liked the idea. He was producing a few products on his own at the time. And I think, uh, he saw the upside in sourced whiskey product. Uh, it was just, just really hitting the moonshot at that point. Uh, when it comes to the, the marketing and the perception of sourced whiskeys in general, um, the goal was to create more or less a uh, American independent bottling similar to how uh, the, the indie bottlings in Scotland um, are. So that turned into, I found some light whiskey, I found some uh, bourbon, found some uh, rye barrels distilled in Poland, uh, just found some Canadian rye, and we're just having a great time. That's just, awesome. Yeah. So uh, this is one of the things that I'm always interested in asking these guys about is you're you're 26. Yeah. Most 26-year-olds are still, like, drinking Bush Light. <laughs> and vodka Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, the... Not married either, so... <laughs> we're, like... Kind of all grown so up. So you were 24 yeah. when you got into... The, like, when did you start drinking like nice whiskey not just going and you know throwing some jack some daniels bag. and some i would coke. say like you know uh, what i mean yeah 21 22 i mean you have to remember i went to college in the core iowa so that was toppling goliath so oh yeah you know I get early it. on i respected very much the craft beer scene uh i saw the craft beer scene at you know it's heyday really uh mm-hmm. it, it was so big back then and uh, you kind of transition. And I think what's happening with a lot of uh, people my age, especially is, you know, there's the growing trend in craft beer and people are starting to move into uh, spirits that have the same craft aspects uh, and the local roots that, uh, you know, the craft beer scene had and, and such. So I, I think people respect uh, the art of uh, distillation of, of whiskey, just like they do craft beer. And I think it's going to, you know, grow just like it. I we that, that's kind of been a theme of what we've kind of started this podcast on too. We had Ryan Burchett from Mississippi River Distilling on and talked about the growth of Cody Road over the last yeah. ten years. Because when they started that, you know, I mean, the yeah. craft whiskey thing wasn't really 
wasn't a thing at all. No, no, it really wasn't. So real quick, uh, while you're doing it, and this is kind of the fun part of the podcast. Yeah, as I say, we have six bottles, yeah, what so are, we, what got, are, we better talk through. Or get what, these what, are we, uh, what are we tasting here today? So first is the NASA Family Reserve. I'm only doing this because uh, it is the lowest proof of the bunch. So <laughs> yeah, lowest proof at 107 proof. So, Beautiful. Uh, get ready. But uh, this one's pretty cool. So I created this kind of for my wedding. Um, but also to be kind of our, our staple product. Uh, before this, we were really in the $60 price range. We had one product at 38 uh, bucks. But the point is, is this is meant to compete with uh, Cedar Ridge, Templeton, um, Cody Road to be at that, you know, $38, $39 price point. Uh, it's a blend of 14-year light whiskey and uh, just under four-year um, bourbon and rye, all MGP sourced, uh, blended and cut to 107 proof. Tell, tell us about, um, I think that's a, a big thing that needs to be talked about. Uh, what's, uh, you guys are in, part of you, uh, Cat's Eye with John is, is a distillery, yep. uh, a native uh, distillery here in the state uh, out in Bettendorf. But uh, then you'd also, you're not ex- essentially not a non-producer distiller, only in the fact that you are doing this, th- mm-hmm. this particular product is made that way. How would you categorize what you do? I realize as I'm asking the question, how would you categorize the business model you have? So uh, the reason why Obtanium was created instead of just going off of the Cat's Eye Distillery uh, branding was because I wanted to indicate that this is a sourced product line. So mm-hmm. Obtanium is a play on the word obtain. Yeah. So it is a sourced product line. Uh, John still produces his own products. Uh, he's got Krumpnik, which is a, um, a liqueur drink typically during the winter time uh, in Eastern Europe. And then he's got uh, Essence of Iowa bourbon, which he produces himself. Uh, that being said, um, at least as of right now, it cannot scale uh, for the most part past Iowa just due to uh, production. So The John, size of his yeah. operation. And, and the sort of uh, bittersweet thing was that Obtanium grew so quickly uh, that, you know, we were in California, we're in New York, New Jersey, uh, soon Tennessee, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois. And uh, originally we were selling the product, you know, everywhere, including John's own products. Uh, but he quickly said, I, I can't keep up. Uh, we can, we can keep sourcing whiskey, you know, cause it's, cause that's, so you, so you have kind of transitioned into this, uh, non-producer distiller, uh, more or less the obtanium brand, which now represents a significant part of the total sales for cat's eye distillery, uh, a large majority, uh, is all sourced. So it is a non-distiller producer. So I kind of jumped in there and this is NASA family, family reserve kind of, uh, in a slim bottle too. Your other ones are, are the shouldered. It bottles. is a pappy like bottle. Is a pappy bottle. There you go. It looks a lot like it. Same company. Um, same bottle. Exactly. Oh, same company, same bottle. Yep. Yeah, you didn't I, tell me that. I want to talk about bottles at some point because I, I I picked that up about your product too. Go ahead. Well, and yeah, the uh, the other ones, the the obtaining bottles, you see, they look a lot like the the Cedar Ridge uh, and the TR uh, versions. Um, soon, I think they're both transitioning out of those bottles, but. Uh, um, so you say it's 107. It's a blend of uh, MGP, which is a company based out of Kansas, but the actual distillery is in an old Seagram's distillery in down in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. And uh, quite a—that's where Templeton got their start. They're one of the first to source. Uh, they were the first, one of the first to do this. And um, that stigma, and we can all talk about that some other day. Of that was a bad thing, but now. It's there's people. I was listening to your uh, the podcast Bourbon Boys with you, and and he, the host was he's like I'm all about though anything from MGP I'm yeah. all about, and I am too, because the stuff that they have available is amazing, and I, I can't go into depth about what they do, but uh, 107 proof. It's your it's one of your lower proofs, only 53.5. <laughs> this is delicious, by the way. And you I said it's a this. blend a blend of. 14-year light whiskey, and then uh, it's called Boo Rye, or I call it Boo Rye, so bourbon rye blend. So what happens is you distill the bourbon, you distill the rye, you blend it, and then you age it in new oak. Um, so it's legally not a bourbon or a rye. Uh, it's a combination. Doesn't, that, doesn't uh, uh, High West have one called that? They do, but they blend after, um, after aging. So they actually take a bourbon barrel and a rye oh. barrel and blend it. Mine are since new blended together. Uh, it's in a similar style to Canadians. 
I see. Uh, it, it, this stuff's really good. I'll, I'll, everything I've ever had of yours is good. The one question, and Chris and I were talking, and I, I learned about it, but then I didn't really absorb it. But what? Tell me again. Uh, light whiskey. Light whiskey is the name belies itself. It's actually a higher proof, right? Yeah, there's nothing light about it. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get the name? Well, it, I didn't. I didn't name it. It was named back in the 1970s. Uh, there was a cool article about light whiskey from Aaron Goldfarb of Punch Magazine, a big kind of whiskey blog. Uh, that I was a part of, but more or less, uh, light whiskey was created in the 70s, kind of as a response to the um, the growth of the uh, clear spirits uh, boom and the tiki boom. Uh, people didn't want whiskey at the time, even aged whiskey. Uh, people moved towards your vodkas and your cocktails. So what happened was whiskey producers wanted to create something with a lighter flavor profile, more approachable flavor profile for those people that were used to rum or used to uh, vodka drinks, gin drinks. Uh, and that's how light whiskey came about. But it's distilled to a higher proof. Uh, it's just under uh, what you need to distill vodka to. So 160 to 190 proof. Wow. Higher than bourbon, higher than uh, rye. Uh, and then it's aged and used oak, which gives it a more mellow flavor. Uh, flip side is, uh, as we as people quickly learn, once it ages, uh, it really becomes unique and, and great on its own. Uh, the Canadians have been doing very similar stuff since day one. The reason why those Canadians that you typically try have that kind of vanilla, um, mm-hmm. toffee, candy notes is because a lot of it is corn whiskey uh, in Canada, which is produced the exact same as uh, light whiskey here. Uh, same goes for uh, grain scotch. Single grain uh, whiskey from Scotland is almost identical to uh, light whiskey. One of the things that stands out to me about your products is, is the bottling. As Bruno kind of pointed out, I like the light whiskey bottle in the sense that it's just a little teeny tiny wraparound. Mm-hmm. It's very unique. It shows off the liquid. It, yeah. it does. And that to me, like, is so I have a, when I like to drink, uh, I get home and it's just lounging on my couch. I'll often put it in like a little Yeti, yeah. you know, one of the little like half tumbler type things because it'll, a rock will stay. Yep. But then, but then I can't look at it, right? To me, that's part of the experience. And when, what's, when I saw the light whiskey at Central City, it popped off the shelf to me. I don't know if I've ever seen one like that, where it's just a strip of paper that says light. Where, where did you get the idea of that? I love it. I did come up with it uh, along with John. So the kicker is, is those are off the shelf labels from Avery, like staples, you can pick them up. So half of it was like, uh, we need a label, but we are too poor to actually be fancy about it. Uh, but, but I love that about it. It's very yeah, and, and what uh, I wanted, appealing. like my intentions the entire time was simplicity and showing off the liquid inside. That's what the brand's all about is is no fancy marketing. I'm not going to tell you a, a story about some grand dad and who knows where that came across this whiskey. And now I <laughs> all of a sudden got a hold of it. It's my secret recipe. No. Got it from MGP. It says right on the front label, you know exactly what it is. It's light whiskey. There are a lot of people out there. Um, they call light whiskey American whiskey because uh, obviously the connotation, just like you said, there's nothing light about this. Well, the, you you have to educate the uh, consumer there. I think uh, it's it seems it looks like a large sample bottle is what it seems like. Because uh, you get all like you, whenever you get a sample bottle from a distillery, they'll give you all the particulars mm-hmm. exactly where where it all came from and uh yeah the light whiskey uh just go finish out on the light whiskey light whiskey is the reason you and i are talking today Mm -hmm. i really think so we were at that uh whiskey event uh at the over at the two rivers event center and uh 2019 2019 so it wasn't that long ago i tasted it i freaked out i was there with my friend tim grimes who is a rep for templeton uh distilling and you'll get to meet him in in subsequent episodes here but he i, I was like I, I just wasn't i'm still not very sure of myself when it comes to whiskey i tasted it i'm like gosh this is goddamn good stuff i need to i need to see see if i i know what i'm talking about and i went over and i told him he's like where'd you get this? And I was like, it's that, it's that guy, that young kid over there. <laughs> he's, he's got a whole bunch of different things, but this stuff's freaking amazing. And I'm like, and I go, guess how much, how much uh, the proof is. He's like, I don't, I don't know, you know, like 95, you know? And I'm like, 
No. This stuff's 67.2% <laughs> alcohol by volume. And I have a bottle in my hand. We have it at... Uh, I bought a bunch of it for Ken's. I actually bought a bunch of it for Skull and ended up uh, uh, inheriting it uh, after we sold it back to Central City and bought it again hmm. uh, back here over at Ken's. I think it's great. Uh, it has a Susan G. Coleman uh, label, uh, which is a story there but, uh, for another day. But uh, I was like, I don't care. It's freaking good. We're going to get it in here. And then we talked to Gene, and Gene's like, I'll have other things. And I, so I've been talking to Gene ever since. It's like, it's it's why I wanted to make today the first one. Because there's so much about the state and what's going on that no one knows about. And I'm talking about breweries. I'm talking about really cool hole-in-the-wall bars. I'm talking about distilleries. And I'm talking about this, uh, is nascent the right word? Or the, the early days of a, a distillery. Um, we we have a lot of places that are coming online in the state. Uh, surprisingly with 16 distilleries that I've been able to find and um, they're all doing their own little thing. They're all doing different things and it's not a big trip to Kentucky. You know, it's a, it's a trip to uh, it's a trip to somewhere here in rural Iowa more times than not, or one of the, of, of the towns and you can check yeah. out these places and what they're doing. And Gene is a great entree into this because he stepped beyond the borders Mm-hmm. And he's pulling, he's pulling whiskey. That was another question I have. I know, I'm kind of rambling here, but uh, what's what is? How do you source whiskey? <laughs> you know, like what's the best places? Oh, where man. are the where's the best? I mean, you mentioned Poland before. Now that's a little out there. Yeah, but and uh, I've got an announcement there too. Oh, about sourcing. So he's scooping. No, I mean we can talk about it can because talk? I've been talking about. It. I talked to financial people actually about it because. That's what's going to happen. Um, more or less, sourcing uh, whiskey in general is about having brokers uh, and having... Do you want the bottle? Yeah. Oh, please. There's no label on that. Uh, oh, that's right. You put it in a wine label. bottle. That's right. Yeah. I remember how we tasted this. This is but, What are we drinking right here, real quick? This is a, uh, a port finish. It's a heavy port finish light whiskey. Um, I'm going to love this. I can already tell heavy, you. It's heavy, heavy. It's going to coat your palate. Yeah, um, it's really... Yeah, it's great. It's anyway, got legs. Uh, sourcing. Um, yeah, so you're making a big announcement here well, on it, Iowa drinks. And it's of. not big. I've told told plenty of people. I'm very transparent about it. But anyway, uh, you have to go through brokers uh, for the most part. That's I awesome. can go to MGP Direct, and there's salespeople there. Uh, MGP actually acts like a broker in and of itself, connecting uh, buyers with sellers because MGP uh, holds whiskey stock on behalf of other distilleries. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Templeton uh, might have. Uh, MGP holding stock for them. They still still do, right? And then when they need it, they just have it shipped to them. Uh, It's just a nominal cost for, for, you know, places like that to store it. There's other brokers, uh, and the brokers essentially are are buyers and sellers of of whiskey stock. Uh, One of the brokers that I used, uh, Terry Tomes, the guy's name, um, he was the one who connected me with the Polish rye. He was the one who connected me with this uh, 14-year Canadian coming up, Canadian rye. Uh, But... You know, these, these people, Brindiamo Group, uh, White Dog LLC, uh, a lot of these people are secretive. Uh, you know, you never know exactly what they've got. And sometimes uh, I can only get access to so much, but then, you know, Buddy gets access to more. That's kind of how the industry works. It's based on relationships. And, of course, I, I've tried my hardest to grow these relationships, and I have. Uh, me and Tom are very close um, me and uh, a couple of the high, high-end sales guys at MGP are very close now. Um, Justin King's one of the guys' names. I love the guy to death. Uh, but there's, there's something wrong right now with the fact that there's like three or four brokers out there that are major that can actually influence and sell whiskey, especially given the number of uh, non-distiller producers in the country. So I kind of thought to myself, what can I do to access better stock and everything? And uh, I'm creating an investment fund which will allow accredited investors to actually buy into whiskey stock. And I would manage the uh, fund, so I would essentially become the fifth or the sixth major broker in the country. Wow. Uh, you talked to me about that's this. That's Because you said barrels, and I thought, you're going to buy uh, empty barrels. I wonder where the money's in on this. But then I saw an article... And you must be talking about full barrels, right? Full barrels, yes. I saw an article, and I thought I talked about it on on uh, the radio. Uh, talked about investments and where it's at. 2018, uh, there was an article. 2018, you could buy whiskey 
and it was going to, you could have bought gold and you could have bought shares in the stock market and you would have gotten blown away by whiskey in six, in uh, 18 months. It went up from $100,000 to $160,000. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I'm very interested to have Gene, a conversation okay. with you about so, that. So Gene, with that, like where we're at right now, um, would you say that the craft whiskey, what year did we, would we say it really took off? I know that Ryan, like they started Cody Road in 2010. Yeah, I would what, I would say the pickup pickup was like uh, fifteen sixteen. Okay, uh, and then it went parabolic to where it is now. I think it's cooled off a little bit, uh, but I would say like nineteen peak. Where are we at in this process? Like uh, compared to like where craft beer started to where it got so at its peak. Where it's, are we at? It's still rising. Yeah, sorry, and, but craft beer in peaked and then it kind of pulled back a little and then it continued to rise. There was a shakeout in the craft beer market. I'm well, that was 92. Sure. That was 90. Wasn't there another middle nineties? There was, uh, there's been a couple, uh, um, but the, there, there hadn't only until recently had, it was double digit growth for yeah. like I almost know, 15 years. I know we're still rising. Let's say one is the start. 10 mm-hmm. is the peak. Like yeah. where are we at a three? Like, I, are we at a five? I think we're pretty high up. I would say, like, uh, like high six, low seven. That being said, I think that there's a minor pullback right now uh, due to COVID and, and various other uh, things and peaks and the availability of good whiskey in the market. Uh, you have to remember that whiskey needs age to be really good for the most part. Um, but the point is, is that we've gotten to a point right now where we're starting to run low on age stock. Um and that stock had to be rebuilt. That's what happened over the last like year and a half was a lot of this old stock, this great old stock from specifically MGP uh, just ran out. I mean, I, people used to be able, Blum Brothers in uh, Illinois had 12-year-old yeah. bourbon. It was fantastic. Um, but then MGP ran out of the old stock that they were selling to people. And now it's like five and a half year, which is why I bottled a five and a half year. I, so I was kind of wondering when I, what I would... Uh, Make my standard question, and I think my standard question to anyone who is a producer: What is the sweet spot for years in your mind? I most people agree with me. For for whiskeys, it varies. So depending on the whiskey, yeah, I would say MGP bourbon and rye seven to a most ten years old is the perfect sweet spot. The best MGP whiskey I've ever had was seven and a half year old bourbon uh, from Backbone. Uh, which is another non-distiller producer, mm-hmm. but it was it was fantastic. Uh, sometimes it's older. I think Dickel needs more age. Um, George Dickel, like t- I would say, ten to thirteen years, really good in my opinion. Uh, even some of the fourteen-year stuff is really good. Um, and then I think the Kentucky Bourbon, you know, sometimes ten to twelve years is is a happy spot for them. Mm. Yeah, I just uh, I get a little crazy when people are like, Oh, it's 40 years. It's gotta be awesome. I'm like, no, it's just expensive. I, I think, I mean, I, and it's I, like, woody. I, it's woody. Yeah. It's well, woody. just imagine it is sat in a barrel for 40 yeah. years. What do you think it tastes like? You know, well, not only that, but you can ask anybody who's had all of the pappies and they'll say 23 is the worst. Yeah, no, that's right. And 15 is like almost the best. Yep. Uh, I, I remember talking to Adam Avery at Avery uh, brewing and he told me like people are always like, oh, I put my beer, we keep it for 13 months in the barrel to barrel age their beer. And he's like, if you go over six months, all you, all you're doing is picking up things you don't want. And it, and it really throws it off. He said like five to six months is the best. And, and I always heard people say, Oh, we for 12 year or 12 months in one day. And I'm like, and, and then you hear other people, you know, you hear other people like you should do this. I can then, imagine the guy saying that. Yeah, I know. And then you see, well, you can do whiskey and it can be two, it could be bourbon. If it's two years straight bourbon, if it's two years old and you're like, well, how can that be? And some of it's pretty okay, but one I, I feel like when you get into the five and a half, six, into the even nine, ten, like you, that lives in a world where you can still afford the whiskey and yep. it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Of course, yes, if you can go to twelve and sometimes others. Well, that's the a, ten to twelve, you have to remember uh, Elijah Craig for the most part. If you get a barrel pick from Elijah Craig, it's twenty five dollars and that's 12 years old that's amazing uh, right yeah fantastic deal and i just elijah got a craig, bottle of the toasted the toasted i i haven't tried yet but i heard it's pretty good yeah that's uh, right. elijah craig barrel proof you can find it at 58 bucks sits on shelves and I, i'd put it over stag junior or some of the stuff that's for three four to you know ten times the price well i, I listen to fred minnick and and i've read his books and i think he's a little bit 
of a different kind of cast. That's the guy who always craps on Blanton's, right? He craps. He craps on a lot of stuff. He does. He's he's a little bit. He's, he craps on me sometimes. He's got some things going, but the thing about him is. <laughs> He does the blind tasting and he does it. He always does this, uh, tries to defend, you know, these overpriced deals with things that are quite good. Mm -hmm. That could be good. And, you know, yeah. And he's, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak highly of him or lowly of him. All I can say is I just like that he goes, Hey, this is a bottle of whiskey you're never going to see. I got some for free. Now here's something that I think could be stand up to it. And so he gives you some good ideas of what the average, normal human could go out and buy yeah. like rare breed he's always promoting rare breed i got a bottle that. Rare breed. putting uh, that away today in my yeah, like whiskey 40 closet. 42 to 45 bucks and all of the all of the big big people in the industry say it's just as good as stag that's you know yes it's 99 dollars, but the, it resales immediately for 400 500 bucks you're a big turkey fan right i like wild turkey a lot yeah, yeah i think and uh again talking about sweet spots they're all about eight year like eight years, their sweet spot, and they just kill it. So this port is fantastic. This what's is the really year? Good. What's the year on it? Uh, mouth co- coating. Uh, that's a fourteen-year light whiskey that we finished for about uh, four to six weeks in a port wine cask from Madison County Winery. Excellent. Yeah. No, this is I, everything this, you do is really good. This reminds I, me a lot I of found. the um, that Basil Hayden dark rye, mm. except this is better. <laughs> have you had that though? It's a, it's similar. This is this yeah. is. Uh, just the port, it really pops there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the Basil Hayden, as we've talked about this before a little bit, is I'm a big 114 fan. Uh, that happened. I listened to podcasts about Gene, and that's uh, the first whiskey he ever had. Uh, and I thought that was a OGD little... OGD 114. A little whole highfalutin from, uh, from his grandfather, nonetheless. <laughs> I just I have three bottles at my home, and that's not overdone. That's the best. If you can find that out on the shelf, it's the best deal you can find all day long, yeah, I feel. 23, 24 bucks. And then, and then it turns into Basil Hayden if it stays in the barrel long enough. Um, I think it's proof down, though. That's Basil Hayden is have... not one of my favorites. No. I, I really no. don't it's, care it's, for it. It's I, a little, it's a, it, we talked about it on the radio today um, or the other day where you, you have two groups of people in a distillery. There's... The people that make it, the craftsmen, the artisans, the yeah. people have thought and they really understand what happens with the process and the whole nine yards. And then you have the marketing team. Yeah. Sometimes the marketing team tells those guys what to do. And and sometimes the guys go, hey, we got some really great stuff. Let's put it out. Basil Hayden, in my mind, feels like the marketing team. I mean, yep. Basil Hayden and all together, the name, he's a preacher that came from East Way, like Maryland or something. And he came and he ended up down in Kentucky. And he was sort of a name in it. If you see a bottle of old granddad, Basil Hayden, that's old granddad. It's the same person. But it's it's just a marketing scheme that uh, the distillery has used over the years. I'd like to say that it's uh, Jim Beam, you know, Centauri yeah. Beam. Yep. But uh, but uh, originally, I don't think it was. Is that a, I don't, I th- All these brands end up underneath the yeah. one, one umbrella that, you know, now a Japanese company owns, owns Jim Beam. Beam. Yeah. So uh, I just want everyone to be aware of, you know, when we look at these obtaniums and they have just a little white sticker that he got from Avery and, you know, he printed on a, on a, on his Macintosh two, two E, I love two E or whatever, you know, but, uh, you can't judge a, like, you don't need this Gene said earlier. You don't need this big story. Yeah. You need, you need good whiskey. No fancy marketing. You need somebody who knows where he's picking his whiskey. We all three though. I can, this is kind of what, where my mind's going with this though. Like I have a website. It's a media company. That's a hundred percent independent. Cool. Not owned by anybody. We publish what we want. We do what we want. And we, it, we turned it from a message board into like a real publication that gets 60 million page views a year. You're the same way. Like Applebee's doesn't own you or whoever owns (laughs) Applebee's. Right. Yeah. That's what I love about your product though. Gene is just like, I love the, the blue collar nature, but the really like white collar type of product that comes with Mm -hmm. it. I think it's cool from one marketing guy to another. I mean, I would encourage you to keep going with that, man, because I think Iowans really appreciate that. I hope you're you're feeling that. Yeah, not only that, but they appreciate the fact that uh, I'm willing to put products on the market and charge honest prices for them, Yeah, um, which can't be said about a lot of stuff. I can tell you my light whiskey, uh, there's something called uh, uh, Old Carter uh, American Whiskey. It's 13 years old. From some family in Kentucky or something like that. It's the same light whiskey, and they charge $199 a bottle. <laughs> it's fancy marketing. Um, 
you know, I'm making a, a, a decent buck, don't get me wrong, but imagine what they're making at 199 retail with the same same cost, same bottle. And maybe they spend another, I don't know, 25 cents on, on fancier bottles, but still look like yeah. it's just ridiculous. And I'm here. Well, just they pay a big to, marketing firm probably, right? Yeah. And, and I'm just like, no, I'm going to say exactly what it is. No bullshit. And uh, awesome. that's that's what it is. <laughs> okay, so uh, we have a beautiful selection right here that we've kind of been sipping on. Bruno so, just poured me some of the light. So Oof. I got the light whiskey. The light whiskey we talked about is from the Whiskey Fest where I met Gene. Um, this is 67.2 ABV. Now, stuff he brought in today. What did you call this? You light, it's a, light whiskey, but... Uh, you had a name for yeah, it. Yeah, hazmat is kind of... So in the whiskey... Uh, hazmat? Hazmat. So like hazardous a, materials. <laughs> that, that, is the, that is the actual qualification really? of it, though. 73.8% um, yeah. by volume. Anything over 70% is considered to be hazardous <laughs> material, um, which, <laughs> which is means hilarious. That, which means that uh, this would make a pretty good awesome. Molotov cocktail. Oh, yeah. Uh, I blow fire. There's I've got a video online of me blowing fire with my light whiskey. Beautiful. Um, yeah, but this cool. is the stuff. This right here, this, this light whiskey, awesome. this is the stuff that made me uh, pay attention to Gene Harden. You, you can... You go to these whiskey events, and there's all sorts of people wanting you to taste their stuff. Yeah. And there's all sorts of whiskeys, and there's all sorts. It's just like everything. We all come in all different shapes and sizes and abilities and, 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 and also sensibilities. Some people, you know, there's a lot of breweries out there that I like every beer they make, or I think every beer they make is technically a good beer. But I don't definitely – so much like everything they make because I don't like some of the styles they make. Yeah. Uh, and those are the good breweries. There's other breweries that don't make the best beers, even though the styles they make are good. So I find myself not really caring for them. So you get these, it's the same thing with distilleries. You're going to have different things. You're going to have, everyone's doing the, putting their best thing on the table and giving it the best shot. But 24-year-old Gene walks up to me, or 25 at the time. time, and you're like, okay, this guy is a little squirrely. He's, like, having me drink the, the bottle. You think he's has a shyster? A little, you think well, he's coming have, at you? Well, I just figured it was, like, well, he's just, like, really excited, excitable, you know, new to the – and he's new. He was. Everything yeah. about him this was exactly really what it was. Shit. It was genuine. This, this light stuff but the, is phenomenal. Everything – he was very genuine. Everyone's you – know, you know, it's always nice to meet somebody that's very genuine about what they're doing, but then when they – give you what they made and let you taste it. Not always do you have that reaction. Like we were, we were with uh, Ben uh, from uh, wise eye and the other day, uh, Carol brewing, and he gave me some of his beer. We tasted it and I immediately ordered 20 kegs. It's, it's the same kind of reaction I had with, with uh, Gene. This stuff's amazing. How can I get it? I got a whiskey bar. Let's make this stuff happen. So what is on the horizon? What are you guys working on oh, right now? So I've got held right now. Uh, I've done one barrel of it prior. It's a 14-year uh, Canadian rye. It's 53% rye, 47% corn, uh, distilled by Valley Field. That's another thing that I like to do. I like to tell people about the whiskey. I can tell you right now that uh, Barrel Bourbon, uh, well, Barrel Rye, I guess, the Barrel Whiskey Company, B-A-R-R-E-L-L. Double they have Yep, they've got the rounded bottles. They bottle the same stuff or similar stuff. Uh, it's under the V. So uh, they, they number their barrels. There's a letter and then a number. So the V designation means Valley Field, Valley Field Distillery in um, Canada. So I've got a tote of that, which is 1,000 liters of 14-year Canadian that I've got held. Really looking forward to that. Um, I was briefly looking at a 28-year, um, uh, what was it, California brandy. I just didn't love it, and I knew that I couldn't get people to buy it. That was a problem. It, you know, if... if I could get, if I can market it, uh, you know, that would be great. But I, I was calling up my distributors. I, I don't think it's going to sell. And I was like, no matter how cheap I get it. And he's like, no, I don't think it will. So, you know, you go to uh, the Canadian Rise and people love Canadian Rise and I'm going to price it right. It's going to be cheaper than any whistle pig you can get for the most part. And it's going to be four years older than the, you know, youngest 10 year whistle pig. So that's pretty cool. I feel like we need to have a, when, when we get the website up, like a whole like section of the website, like blowing up the dudes who are ripping us off. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? 
Well, no, like uh, the the some of the marketing stuff that you're talking about, where you you always are telling me about it. Like, well, this is the same thing as this. It's just, oh yeah, you know no. what I mean? Like just like the myths out there. Well, and you know, famously, Templeton got in trouble with that uh, for our state, and they kind of took a they took a hit for a lot of other people that are doing the same damn thing and didn't get in trouble for it. Uh, and and then then you go to the stories, the old granddads or the yeah. you know the Every you know you see these Jim Beam commercials at the Super during the Super Bowl and they make it sound like that's exactly how it. Yeah, happened. because he built the shed right after Prohibition. Well, see, they take the story. <laughs> you know, he just went out there and he just built he just it with built his built friends. It with they his take <laughs> the real story. They take the real story and then they just pile on. Um, so they, it, it's he did right the day after Prohibition. I don't know. They they claim to say that he would he wouldn't sell an ounce of. Li- whiskey that he didn't make himself and he went to building the shit you know the yeah. right away but they have a barn in claremont and you roll up and it's all a marketing thing and 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 that's how it is but this is a humongous company it's the best selling bourbon in the world of course they're going to have a story but they all have stories elijah craig invented uh charring barrels supposedly super bs allegedly allegedly <laughs> you know they say because he had uh it's either two things he either had a fire and it burnt his barrels and yeah, which is oh, such a bullshit what's a super bullshit story if you think it about it for a half outside. second <laughs> i know how's a barrel <laughs> burn outside that's the dumbest story and then and then the other one is is he had uh, a barrel of fish and he wanted to get the fish smell out the that, bar- so that is from what most historians most historians, but the yeah. other thing is, is you talk about brandy you talk about that is that cognac right mm-hmm. uh, they they toasted and did that for a long time prior to this and bourbon and bourbon county in kentucky and in louisiana and, and new orleans or new orleans new orleans or whatever um you're talking about lovel Lo- yeah uh <laughs> Looks like it sounds like you have two, t- three tongues. Uh, uh, That's what the locals say. Man. I know, but they, they, the story goes that, that somehow the bourbon became bourbon because it came from there, or the bourbons in France. And there's all these swirls and stories, and it's hard to know where it really came from. Uh, it, it's just a funny thing. But back to the, it's just a marketing thing. They're all taking stabs at it. They're all trying. They don't know who the first one to make whiskey in Kentucky was, but they have some good ideas of some of them. All we do know is that it was a shit ton of Irish and Scottish immigrants that are bringing their ideas from the old world over here, and and that's where a lot of it started. I mean, even Old Crow, even uh, Doctor Doctor Crow's story is embellished to to make a thing, but uh, a lot of what he did wasn't false. It just wasn't all true. Yeah. So and not only that, but uh, you know, having historical basis is good, but also, you know. If you have a sourced whiskey and then you were throwing this old story to it, I think that's even worse too. Uh, so you know, at, at least the Beams, the Beam family, it's the same family. It's doubling that's been down the on the, doubling they're down doubling on down the, by the saying silliness. we're going to buy this off the shelf that everybody can get access to and say that it's some family recipe. That's a load of crap, and I, I don't like that. I'm all for transparency, and uh, the thing that I saw was the Scotch Independent Bottlers. That's what they're doing. So is Duncan Taylor one of those? Yeah. Yeah. Duncan Taylor, Alexander Murray, signatory. We did the Octave. Uh, I still have a bottle that I haven't opened. Uh, We did a a whiskey blend or whiskey from Duncan Taylor, and we're actually looking into them right now uh, to try to bring some of the Black Bull. Ooh, Black Bull's good. Black Bull's amazing. I had it at the Highland Games last year, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I just had a... I was talking to a guy who's in whiskey and I looked down and I saw that postcard, you know, their little tear sheet, their little uh, cell sheet. So I took a picture of both sides and I'm like, you should look into getting this. And so we should see black bull on the shelves soon. And it's, it's really, really good blended whiskey. You think of, think of Johnny Walker, but like with high, less, with less marketing yeah. and, and better liquid. Yeah. And I think they're a blended malt. Johnny Walker adds uh, they green are, whiskey. And they're also 50 proof. Yeah. They're also higher proof. So, is, I mean, it's really good. So, yeah, the, the, there is the whole story story. Uh, Chris, do you want to try this? Uh, yeah. This, uh, yeah. 147 has, proof. Hazmat. Uh, I'd love for, to. Ready? This will get you uh, ready for anything. You got family pictures today, right? <laughs> I do have family pictures today. Daddy, <laughs> what's that on your breath? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I've really enjoyed this. And to be honest with you, Gene, um, 
it's been a pleasant surprise. I, I didn't know anything about you. Bruno kind of sent me your your bio last night, and I must say I, I love the product, but I like the I like the story, and I just I, I like you. I think you're really interesting. I would have never guessed you were 26. Yeah. That's oh, this awesome. one's this I, one. I appreciate it, man. That's great. This one, Gene's always giving me a hard time about because uh, he, he doesn't says like I don't it. like the Polish rye, but I'm gonna maybe I just didn't like it that time. Maybe well, it was the, the kicker I, is maybe because I like the light whiskey so much. It, it might be, but the Polish rye is such a unicorn. Like distill in Poland, distillery is no longer in Poland. And uh, they ended up moving to Florida, and they produce product now. But it's see, that's weird that they Poland moved to Florida. Still, uh, not really. When you th- when you think about Poland selling whiskey versus the American Super whiskey dry. boom, yeah, 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 it's got that little. No, dry, that's the dry. that's the light. Or you have yeah, the light. That's super dry. That's the seventy three. Oh. Which one am I? Oh, okay. Take I'm your sorry. breath so, away. So the Polish. Yeah. Okay, so it's I'm good. gonna like I'm it. gonna I'm gonna re uh, send my former conversation. But I've also I'm developing my developing my palate over the years, over the of the weeks, the days, these days. That one's also like two and a half years older uh, than the first one you tried. I think it was a matter of I was so in love with the light whiskey that I just I didn't want to hear anything else about anyone else. Yeah. Um, well, I have I have a few quick questions before before we hit the end of this. Shoot. What skills do you think that? Uh, did you obtain while working at Olive Garden? Oh, yeah. I used to work at Olive Garden. <laughs> that was like my first job. Bre- breadsticks, bro. No, I think it was dealing with people. Like, dealing? truly. Yeah. Uh, the, the customer experience. Was that in, uh, up in uh, Decorah or is that Cedar, Cedar Rapids. Rapids? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely just learning to, I mean, customer service. Learning that people suck generally. They demand the world of you. And uh, you kind of have to just provide for them and make them happy. I've always said that uh, everyone should be required to work in the service industry for for a half year of their life just to get a perspective, uh, to give, to learn customer service skills, but learn people skills, to learn collaborate collaborative skills. Not everyone like uh, you, Chris, could be a, a an all state athlete. Yeah, uh, and some of you know some it's, other people. It ain't easy. <laughs> I started I started uh, busting tables at Bonanza. Actually, I washed dishes. I was then, a clothier. Oh, you were? Yeah. I worked at the like a fi- at the buckle. Swear to God, a you know, fine clothing store. It's like over a hundred years old in my in Clorinda. It's like Clorinda's like, Rykarts. I would measure for like tucks and suits, and that, you, that's what I was doing. In were high you like the inseam specialist? <laughs> 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 to be brutally, but then swear to God, Christmas season came around, and I was so bad at wrapping. They oh. put me in the like warehouse. I'd I call like, that a Derek Overmall. Shout out to Derek Overmall when we had to hang the sign at uh, the Carrollton Inn. He would do the shittiest job. He would like space out the letters, like congratulations to weddings. And like they, everyone had to get back up. Do you on, own that? What? The Carrollton Inn? No, no, oh. no. I, Cause I've I, stayed I, there before. I worked there. That was oh. my, that was my second job. And, uh, he put the sign up and he'd do the shittiest job and then he would <laughs> never have to do it again. You know? And I call that, I call it a Derek Overmall. Um, but there's another interesting thing. I call it your resume. It's just basically looking at Facebook. We're in a world, this world, but, uh, I would have never thought about this, but college pro painters, it has to be very similar to customer service kind of thing. Were you oh, the yeah. guy that went out and sold it or are you just a painter? Uh, both. Cause so. I, I met a kid, they painted our house this past year. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Like uh, they, went, the they ideas, went bankrupt though. Did they college, college pro painters? Maybe this no is more. similar. Um, yeah, there's like, uh, there's it was something like that, ones. but it was college kids that came, they gave me an estimate. He talked to the guy in California. Yep. They did whatever, and then they paid in my house, and there's a guarantee. And, and I would tell you, they did a great job. The kid was good. He was trying to develop his business skills. It, yep. It's basically like being an entrepreneur, a small business. It was man. like an MBA, it, it's, like real life. I, it's real life. I, I thought that was good. I, be, I bet you got a lot out of that one. Um, oh, what was uh, uh So this Polish, this, this is actually, is this going to be, they're, so they're down in Florida now. Is is the liquid, the Polish liquid gone? Mm-hmm. So this is the end of it. So if I see it on the shelf, I should go buy it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, gone. I feel now. like I made a mistake. Yeah, I feel like I made a mistake. Um, I have a serious problem with that though, because like <laughs> I have uh, a, I have a, I've developed I've of two hundred different bottles. Well, I was telling Bruno earlier before you got here. I just I never know. I'm not like Bruno. I don't know all these people where I can just text them and be like, I always feel like I have to stock up on these bottles because I don't know like if I'm ever going to be able to get them again. There there are some you really need to. 
but I'm normally pretty transparent about that. I mean, just in general, like, uh, I remember when McKenna would sit on shelves, McKenna tenure. And like, that was yeah. so good. We have a and couple like, of bottles here at Ken's and everyone's like, why aren't you? You can't get it anywhere. And like, because I remember it, because it got was, so excited. Yeah. And it, it was sitting on shelves at central city for like Blanton's was the same way. Years. Pappy was the same way. Yeah. As soon as you get hot, that's, and see that I want to be an evangelist for, Hey, you know what? Don't cry in your whiskey. I was just looking up. I, I showed, actually, we are talking about today. A friend of mine wanted me to send a picture of a 20-year bottle of Happy. I was lucky <laughs> enough to buy it like three or four years ago before I even knew. I bought that and a, 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 the, the Rye Reserve, which I've drank some, and a 15-year that I gave to my dad for Christmas. My dad thinks Gentleman Jack is so great. And I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, drink this. It's supposed to be pretty good. This is before I really knew what I was doing. So every time I went back over two or three years, I drank it completely fucking dry. And I wish I still had that 15 year. Um, but I, so I have a 20 year. And, and so my friend said, hey, I want to, my friend has a sample bottle and I want to show him a bottle. I want to act like I have a bottle myself. And, and then he goes, okay, how much is that worth? It's like four thousand dollars. I looked it up. I'm like, it's insane. I have a bottle that's worth four thousand dollars. I'm starting to wonder if I shouldn't figure out who wants to buy it for four. Sell it, and then think of all you could buy with that four thousand dollars. I mean, I have a bottle of Old Fitzgerald fifteen bottle and bond, nine hundred dollars. Yeah. So the one of my favorite things is that picture in at Central City. It's the the register did a story on them during the Templeton riot craze. Oh man, they were so salty about that. It was so (laughs) hilarious. So it's like I cannot wait till we do our spinoff podcast with the, those guys. I don't know if you've seen it, Gene. No. The, it's like a photo of their shelf where the Templeton yeah. belongs, and it's it's not there because the story. I think. Am I getting this right? It, this the story was like that you can't find Templeton. Oh, they used anyone. to yeah they they used to just like shout people out of the store yeah. like you want that crap get the hell out of here because they're so tired of hearing about it. So it's just it's this empty slot with the little tag underneath that says Templeton, Templeton. Rye, and next to it is a bottle of Pappy in the photo. It's, it's fucking it's fucking crazy. But this, oh, well, you can't get it. Yeah, it's out. But it was Pappy's in like just two, sitting on the shelf. Two thousand four. Boy, something I need like it. That. That's. That's the cover photo for uh, for the yeah. Central City podcast. There, there you go. It's crazy. So the first time I went in there and met those guys, he showed that to me. I thought. Yeah, it was so I'm starting to realize that we're going to have to have Gene on another time in the future. I think Gene oh, yeah. could just be like a um, third co-host. Here. But I, I I do think uh, so. There'll be some things we'll need to. You talked about Jeff Manningly a blender. That we don't want to talk about that in the future, but we're going to hold that for a different time. Uh, you talked about uh, Dickel Rye five year. Um, you've had that, but I wanted a quick mention as we get kind of close to the end. Yeah, we got to wrap it up here. You got to think. Um, Jim Murray's 2021 whiskey Bible. Yeah, we're you in guys uh, three times in there, and uh, yeah. the Cat's Eye Distillery Essence of Iowa, uh, Obtainium Light Whiskey, which we've already talked yep. about, and the Obtainium <laughs> Corn Whiskey, which I had to figure out a special way to get mine because I was an idiot and. Got drunk with Gene the last time we hung out <laughs> and uh, dropped it in my garage. Oh, man. <laughs> and I had to uh, figure, figure out a new way to get it. Luckily, I have a bottle at my home. I won't talk about how I got it, but I, I broke laws to get it. Um, maybe I shouldn't even say that on a Don't podcast. Don't worry. It's yeah. an early edition of the podcast. Yeah, people aren't listening yet, right? Yeah. But uh, so, oh boy, that stuff's good. Or what was that? No, the, you, well, you I didn't get the, the corn whiskey. I got the, the bourbon. The corn whiskey was uh, a Jim Beam product. It was six-year-old used barrel Jim Beam. Um, Is that was, even available anymore? And then, no. And the kicker was, was like, Jim Murray loved it. And like, it's our worst selling product. So <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to continue to bottle this. I'm going to bottle like NASA Family Reserve replaced that because people didn't like it. And people love this. Is it stuff. a blend of that? Or are you using it to blend in? Nope, no. just not even buying the barrels anymore. Oh, like so you, know, it. So it you, like you the liquid's gone and yep. it's gone. Uh, and yeah, that was and Jim Murray in and of itself. He he screwed up uh, pretty bad this year. Well, uh, yeah, with uh, I talked a little bit too uh, it post was, post me too. Probably wasn't the time. Well, to not be even here. that, but it was just over sexualized. Like I'm sorry, but like he must have if drank. You, if you really like a whiskey, you shouldn't talk about or make references to it being ejaculate. Which was really weird. <laughs> okay, is. now I've been known to do that with athletes and stuff. Is that and, okay? And, and, well, uh, so, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, what? Not zucchinis, but uh, uh, the eggplant. Uh, eggplant. I actually eggplant did that emojis. with that that bottle of uh, Forty Creek Canadian or Unity the other night. <laughs> you did do that to me. I'm like, settle down, son. <laughs> that stuff's really good, though. Oh yeah. my god. And you know what? I'm fine. Like, and I think the industry is like really fine with people like podcasters doing it. 
But like this guy held himself out to be like the yeah, no, end just, all be all in whiskey I'm, reviews, and then all of a sudden he's talking about like. Well, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, that you know, we talked about uh, McKenna oh. Ten. We have that down here at Ken's. Uh, Jim Murray's uh, 2019, 2018, yeah, something like that. Uh, whiskey of the year. Fred Minnick uh, ranked it high too. Uh, uh, we have the Skull Barrel Pick. 1792. I know that was uh, 2020, 2019 uh, whiskey of the year from him, and so he does hold some weight. People get excited about the product, uh, but yeah. But either way, he, he's he's tasted what did he say? Thirty thousand different whiskeys Something in his like life, and and he picked three of yours. So that's awesome. So you need to go out in the world, and well, uh, you're not going to find the corn whiskey anymore. But that light whiskey, I'm telling you, get it. I love it. Uh, the essence of Iowa. I have to admit, I haven't had it. And to close it out, I know that Gene brought his divorce jug. You want to have some of the divorce jug? Yeah, I'd love to. Speaking All of, right. Chris got family pictures today. He needs to have a little. You, you uh, need some of the divorce jug. Pull off the divorce jug. Before. So the uh, the kind of joke is, uh, you know, when you've got leftovers that don't fill up an entire bottle, what do you do with them? And I kind of thought to myself, like, you know, <laughs> mix it all together. Yeah, mix it all together. So I got an old. Uh, like Tito's jug, and I just started filling it up. So there's Beautiful. like light whiskey, there's Polish rye in here, there's a little bit of Canadian, there's some of the bourbon, uh, there's some of the boo rye. So it's it's really like a blend of like, Beautiful. what, three and a half to 14 year whiskey in there. Real quick. It's just a funky blend. This uh, whiskey Bible you were talking about, yeah. I, I already pre-ordered it. Oh, good. Uh, where you guys are featured uh november 30th it ships out really i didn't know it shipped out so late because uh everything hit like it's uh, been well he had some controversy like we just said um and and i truly do feel like uh he's on the way out um it's gonna be us you might be the you might be yeah we could be the new whiskey bible yeah. So send all anyone who's listening. Send us your whiskey. We'll we'll rate it. Well, yeah, I'll drink all the whiskey and I gladly give gladly <laughs> give it a rating. And, and the yeah. <laughs> it reminds me. Of, it reminds me of the meme. I don't know. It's really crude, and I apologize. But uh, there's a meme, and it's like a it's it's somebody's walking in this parade and it says Judgment Day is coming. <laughs> And it's like, show me your boobs and I will judge them. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty college humor, you know, but, oh, yeah. but, uh, yeah. no, uh, we're right on the Jim Murray path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Well, we I just want to, yeah. Well, I just want to want to put it out there that we're, we're willing to go there too. Well, just it can kidding. be like, uh, what's the, the man show. Do you remember that from back in the day? Was it the man show? Adam the man Carolla? Show, yeah. yeah. Well, and Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Jimmy they Kimmel. Both, they basically lost a, both of their, those that was guys a are good super. Show. Oh, that was a really good show. Yeah. They, they, they they just had to worry about being typecast into that for the rest of their lives, but yeah. they had some pretty good, uh, pretty good, they had a pretty good show there. At least, I'd imagine most of it was male yeah. for the audience. And I, I think that the uh, the future of whiskey reviews, though, just to kind of end on something, I, I think it's apps like uh, like Distiller, uh, where you actually have crowdsourced reviews. So I don't yeah. give a shit about what one person says. If, if I see that there are a thousand reviews averaging four out of five, that tells me more than what one person says, what Jim Murray says or what. Well, these are people says. that actually, yeah, these people that actually tasted it and they're the ones buying it. Yeah. They the haven't consumers. been wowed. They haven't, they haven't always been wowed by marketing yep. and, and all they, that stuff. You know what else? They didn't get a bottle sent to them for free. That is a key difference. Yeah. Because that happens with a lot of these people. They get the free stuff sent to them. And oh, and it's so annoying. Like when uh, the antique collection comes out, it's like, well, you know, it was the window shut and we got our samples and we got to try the antique collection. And I'm like, F you and your antique collection. I mean, I get it. I, I get it. It's good. I've tasted it. I've had a tasting at my house stag. with it. It's it's really unique and cool. Um, but when it retails at 199 a pop and you have to buy five bottles to get all of them and you can't even get them, that whole pursuit of the whiskey, like we talked about with Blanton's. Tom Duax. Uh, Blanton's has the little tops. I know. And I, I saw, collect them all. Boy, and I was talking to a guy and he showed me pictures. He's like, I have all of them and I got the gold one with the gold's going to be the first B in my Blanton's <laughs> thing. And I mean, it's so, it's, it's amazing how they've taken that. That was the first one to ever do this, right? And and they've taken that into a game, like a game, like a gaming kind of thing. Buffalo Trace does that. Yeah. Or they game the entire it. company. They game. They game it. Everything's gamed. You gotta get. You gotta get it all. You gotta collect all ten. You gotta. You yeah. gotta do this. You got. You oh, but you didn't get that one. It's like the uh, David Tell is like. 
you, you know, you don't go home from a party early because the fun bus is just right around the corner. Oh, man, you shouldn't have gone home yet, man. You didn't get that. Although that said, El Bay Shop was built on that idea. Yeah. <laughs> you, I'd love to tell you about the beer you almost had yesterday because it's gone now, but I got some other ones. But you better get down there right now. And there's a pan. I mean, like basically panic-inducing. We're in Ken's. we got to finish up. Yeah. But I remember uh, 120 people out the door to drink a, bo- uh, a six-ounce taste of uh, Assassin from Toppling Goliath for from up where speaking uh, of toppling yeah we're another uh, drop yeah there's a drop gene and i are uh i gene said oh, i can't get these barrels i was like well, i'll hook you up so we're getting uh tg barrels uh former maple and bourbon barrels that aged i'm guessing kentucky bourbon brunch yep they're kbb they're S. they're confirmed uh so they're confirmed and uh we're aging awesome. uh what are we aging so uh, i'm not I've, aging it at all yeah. you're aging it but so what i've got a you? light whiskey uh most of that's going to go to ben's beverage depot i think uh in cedar rapids uh we're doing the pappy style bottles it's going to be the silver dip so it's going to look almost identical to well, like we gotta the get ABBS. some we gotta get some yeah well, there will be some to uh the best liquor store um, in iowa What's so that, that one's going to be badass what was that? Best liquor store in Iowa? Central City. Central City Liquor. <laughs> real real quick with that. We'll have to talk about that. And our friends, though, up at um, Size. Um, Cyclone Liquor. Cyclone mm-hmm. Liquor. Not Size Roost. Why was I thinking well, it's, thinking the, it's, the, uh, it's the hazmat. Uh, it's probably the whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, I was thinking of Size Roost. Um, our deal is sold out next Tuesday, by the way. What deal are you doing an event? We're doing a, doing a uh, Cody Road whiskey event, Cyclone we, Fanatics uh, blend. Yeah. Bruno and I did a barrel pick. Oh, nice. So them, so yeah. look for another one. We'll have to come up with another time where we can pick another well, barrel. I wanted to te- – actually, it's next Wednesday. It's the 11th. Wednesday 11th. Um, what so I wanted to say is – That's that 2020 if you're listening to this in yeah. 2025. I think we might actually be going to LeClaire. Oh, yeah. We got to go to LeClaire yeah. sometime in December to so do a second, for, second for, one. for our fans who are listening in eastern Iowa, then they'll be able to come over and hang so out. So this will be the Easter egg that we're going to tell you to listen for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're Buffalo tracing it here. Yeah. yeah. You can stop by our place, too. Yeah, we we should do that. Yeah, we, we should do a whole uh, day of it. Yeah, we'll we go early and go to bed. Get the land jet. Yeah. Lined up, jet, yeah. and then leave here in the morning and stop by Gene's place on the way. That'd be amazing. No, that'd be really good. Take me with you because I'm on this side. You can take me there over. There we go. Yeah, we'll take it with us. Just hop on in, and uh, you can ride with us. That'd be we'll great. Get a, we'll get an early, early tasting of uh, this uh, light whiskey we are just talking about. Oh, yeah. We can taste everything. I'll have the Canadian by then. Oh, years. boy. Just a little bit older than Land Jet it. Yeah. All right. We're doing book it. The, book it. I can't, go to, I can't go to San Francisco, New York, or uh, Chicago for the whiskey uh, events this year, so... We're doing this. LeClaire Bettendorf for a second best or first best. Gene, you're the man. Uh, really, uh, really a pleasure. Let us know if we can ever help you promote any of your things. And I'd be happy lo- to come on to. anytime, talk anytime. If you guys ever need help answering questions about stuff, I, awesome. I seem to know a lot of it uh, just because of the broker connections. So, well, uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure. Bruno, you got anything else, man? I can't wait to the next one. Yeah, good. I, I, good, I sent good you some info. Here. I don't know if uh, I, I've talked about Mark Gannon with you as yeah, a possibility. Yeah. That's a surprise kind of thing, too. I was thinking, too. It might be a surprise to you that we would talk to Mark Gannon, but I think uh, it'd be a fun one. You know what I was talking about the the Blanton stuff initially? Uh-huh. Because um, I have all the little tops. Uh-huh. Because my na- my old neighbor, Doug Blanton. That's right. We've already talked about this Gave guy. them to my daughter as a gift. All the... Different. Oh, well, it's your college fund. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to have him on? Absolutely. Because, I mean, he doesn't make, wit, but his, literally his last name is Blanton. And by and the he, way, I like Blantons. I uh, just think. We all know what you think, and I think it'd be interesting to see if you'd talk so big to a member of the Blanton family. I, oh, I probably would be a little bit more kind. <laughs> now, I, I Wouldn't it be cool to hear his stories, though, like growing up and like, I, I think it would be. Well, yeah, I mean, he is related to Colonel Blanton. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. cool. That's yeah, that's, like that's a story so this, in and of itself. This guy Gene moves in next door to me. Doesn't live next to me anymore. Older fellow, elderly, um, doesn't have kids, and is the best neighbor I've and ever. And sitting had. on a like, shit pile of Blantons. He so he brews his own beer in his garage. Like, well, there you go. That's a good one too. But he always would like. He was just a really kind man. We had. We would have him over for dinner to hang out with our family and stuff. Like we, it was a great relationship. But he would always bring me a bottle of Blantons. <laughs> 
like three times a year, like he would bring me a bottle of like Blanton's and I, but this cool. was before I appreciated it. Yeah. So that was like kind of how I started drinking like really nice whiskeys. Yeah. And I started with Blanton's and then I got to know his story and like, yeah, it's his last name. And so he really was part of the family. Yeah. And he just has a ton of it. Yeah. We got to get Preston Van Winkle down here. Cause he's like in his forties. He's like, you know, he's a uh, Julian's uh, son, grandson, something like that. Yeah. I, I just want to grill him for a while. Well, That'd be great. Me and him duke it out. Oh, I'm well, that, fine with that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, everyone. Uh, Gene's been on his best behavior tonight, but Gene's been uh, been known to uh, a little ruffle, ruffle a few feathers. Yeah, and sometimes I'm outspoken against it. Uh, I think the actions by Buffalo Trace as of late have been pretty disappointing um, well, and harmful for the consumer. But well, that'll be another. It's kind of you know, it's they're treating whiskey like a baseball collection, yeah. baseball card collection. They're trying to collect all of them. They just bought up early times, which uh, I've. I think I talked about that on the radio. I bought my own bottles of it, and I even though that was the third iteration of it, but I got the last of the Heaven Hill, and now it's now it's going to be a Sazerac, and it'll be a wholly different thing, bottle and bond, and and all the things they do. I, I want to play nice because I want to talk to everyone, and Jeremy Thompson is, an, is probably the third guest we'll have, and he's a friend of mine. Uh, his kids go to our school, and, and his family goes to my our church. And, Should I and, ask the hard questions in? Uh, well, well, yeah, I guess we, we could have, we could have Gene come on the show every time until no one wants to come on it anymore. Cause he's asked all the hard questions. Just kidding, Gene. Well, the, the kicker is, is like somebody has to ask him and nobody is Fred, you know, but at the end of the day, remember that, uh, Jeremy Thompson just works for Sazerac. He's not, uh, he works for a distributor. He's, which not, distributes he's not Jeremy Sazerac. Handy yeah. and he's not a uh, part of the Sazerac family. He's, so. Yeah. He does not have any pull. And I, I think he works I, for a really neat company. He worked for Luxco. I would almost argue that that might still that'd be, be cooler to work there. Oh yeah. Luxco is super, super, super cool. Neat, yeah. Um, but the thing too, is that, you know, his hands are tied. You know, he's his job, his job. His, no, his, yeah. his, his job. And, and, you know, think about thinking for, you know, we're going way long here. This could be maybe uh split. This would be splitter. This could be the end of uh, extras, but think about a guy who has to answer the question. No, I can't get you Pappy Van Winkle. No, I don't. I can't get you the antique collection. Yeah. No, I can't get you blends. I can't get you ancient age is allocated. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's a plastic top. Yeah. And bottom I, shelf. Why you know, can't you get Buffalo Trace? I'm like, all yep. these questions, and they're just... And that's corporate. And it's and all... And that it's, is my issue with Buffalo Trace, is, no, I would not go after, you know, the distributor. The distributor has, you know, the salespeople. It's not their fault. It's Buffalo Trace and their marketing scheme. It's one they, of those crushing, uh, trying to yeah. hold a handful of sand. And, the, and the holder, is, higher, harder you hold it, the yeah. more falls out. You and might you, end you up can't find Weller Special Reserve anywhere, but guess what? We've got a new Weller coming out. It's forget like, about Weller. Forget about Weller. Yeah. I mean, I forgot about Weller. That's but another one. They're all, they that, just, everything they have you is You can't so hard find to get. one Weller product and then they've got three more coming out. And it's like, you're never going to see this. So, so that's my problem with no, Buffalo a, Trace is that they keep creating these new products, but well, there's a fine, it's a knife edge. You want to, you want to get people into your place. You want people to buy your product. Yeah. You want people to get excited about it. You want it to be hard to get, but not that hard to get, because as soon as you get it to the point where it's so hard to get, then nobody, then, yeah. then everyone kind of loses interest and they'll move on to the next thing. And they're I mean, doing I, that right now. I'll tell you, I drink, uh, and I, and, and I know it's tough. I've been around beer guys and I'm, I'm around Eugene. I think. There's so many good weeded ones out there. I, I like uh, a Wilderness Trails weeded. Um, I've had a few different weeded ones that I think is great. I think are great. Um, most makers are better than and makers and, 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 and yeah. And but but it comes in the wrong bottle. You know what I mean? Like you can't convince. You could put it like so I want to do the Pepsi challenge with these things with these things and and see. Makers 46, in my opinion, uh, is better than uh, Weller Special Reserve. And, and you can get Makers 46 for, you know, it's on the shelf everywhere. And if you ask me truly, if you ask somebody that's not into whiskey, uh, Makers versus a bottle of Weller, I mean, oh, Makers has a wax dip. They'll probably think that it's the more premium product. I agree. So there's that. Yeah. Well, totally agree. That's why they, that's and why. I, and I uh, say that based off of myself about three, four years ago. That's why Guy, Mr. Samuels, uh, Wife decided to wax dip it. Mm-hmm. Guy who listens to my radio show uh, ran the liquor store at the uh, North Ankeny Hy-Vee. And I'd always go in there and just be like screwing around and like just trying to figure out what what to get that day. And he'd always come up and help me. 
and he sold me a bottle of Weller's for like 25 bucks or whatever it was. And he's like, you really need to get this. And I didn't even real like, I, I specifically remember looking at the bottle and going, oh, this isn't going to be very good. Well, well by the way, <laughs> just that, because of that, this is before I knew anything that I know now. And that's that's it, uh, what it should cost. I mean, that's yeah. actually a little bit more than maybe, you know, it's a $19 whiskey. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what an, it is. I don't really, I actually think that you were over at my house the first time you ever came over. I think we got a fight. And you saw that bottle, and you pointed out to me that it was a really nice bottle to have. I'm yeah, we, yeah, we, uh, you, yeah, we, yeah, uh, we, you had a fight, uh, uh, pay per view. Yeah, that was the, uh, um, the guy from England, Tyson Fury. Anyways, there you go, Gene. Thanks, I thought you were going to say Nassim Hamed, but that, <laughs> we didn't know each other when you were ten. Appreciate you, Gene. We'll be <laughs> in touch, my man. Perfect. All right. Good times. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Please rate, subscribe, review, share, tell your friends, and we'll uh, we'll keep rolling. Uh, thanks a lot. Take care.